Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. Dan Panetti got uh, Connor, uh, Pastor Connor Bales from the North Campus with me. Um, Connor, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. Appreciate yes, it. Yes, yes. And uh, you did a, um, a little um, thing with uh, the North Campus Seniors, uh, PCA North Seniors, um, dealing with Psalm 119. Yep. Um, our good friend, uh, Mike Thornberry, heard it and thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Mike's um, a bit of a fan. He's a... He's too kind. You know, um, since he's in the room, we won't talk about him specifically. Um, <laughs> but he, I plan on it. Oh, <laughs> throw a couple couple extra jabs. Yeah, a few jabs. A few jabs that way. Good. Well, he doesn't have a mic, so he can't say anything. So mic without a mic. I like it. Um, anyway, but I, I, wanted to, I wanted to hear this for our parents. I thought it would be really important uh, for all of our parent body to be able to um, listen and learn and kind of dive into um, – Something that you gleaned out of the Word of God to really help young people think about uh, what it means to be successful in the world today. So, dive in and tell me what you got, and let's let's see let's hear it. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to challenge these seniors with something from God's Word mm-hmm. in regards to how can we define what it means to be a godly success. Certainly, there's a number of ways you can define a worldly success, uh, whether that is. Uh, through riches or through achievement or through feeling or emotion, but a godly success is defined according to the truth of his word. And so Psalm 119 is the longest single psalm in the scriptures. And in verses 9 through 16, the psalmist writes, and he asks this question and then begins to answer it for us. The question is, how can a young man keep his way pure? Mm -hmm. And so it's the question. It's how can I be a godly success? Yeah. And the first instruction he gives, the first answer in response is, number one, by guarding it according to your word. So that's the second half of verse 9. He begins by saying, how can I be a godly success? How can a young man keep his way pure? Well, the first way is by guarding it according to your word. So the first thing I challenge these seniors to think about is to filter everything through God's word first. Yeah. Again, as they transition into this next chapter of their life, they're going to have a lot of new filters by which they can then discern and interpret things, whether that is things that a professor might say in class, things that are going to pop up on their Twitter feed or on their feed uh, in whatever social media platform they have. They're going to be things that they process in relationships and friendships and in the new and evolving world around them. But if we filter those things through anything less than God's word, We're running the risk of having a bad interpretation of it. That's good. And so how can a young man keep his way pure? How can I be a godly success? Number one is by filtering everything through God's word first. So to filter it through God's word, 
you have to spend time in God's word. Yeah. Like you need to, you need to know God's word. Yeah, absolutely. You got to know what is truth and what isn't truth. Yeah. You have to know what I do believe. And then more importantly, the why behind, behind why I believe that. Yeah. And so, so I, test everything according to the truth of yeah. the scriptures. One of the, one of the challenges I give to our students is I say, before you walk across the stage and walk out into the world, I would challenge you to read all of God's word at least once. Mm-hmm. You can do it, you can do it multiple times. Right, but I mean, just from cover to cover, if you need to, whatever. There's 66 books in it. Um, some may have, in a sense, what you think more applicability than others. Where I would just say, listen, the, the filter. <laughs> you never know what God wants to filter it through. So Deuteronomy might be more important than you think. Right? Yeah. Amos might you know go, oh, there's something in there, but you don't know until you read it. Yeah. And so I think that's a really important thing. It's not. It doesn't say right. You know, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding according to the book of Philippians. Right. It says according to your word. Yes. And, and that means the whole counsel of Scripture. Yeah, and more importantly even, I would say, is by guarding it according to my thoughts or my experience or what someone has said. Hmm. Because all of those other things, as you know, you've lived enough of life, Dan, all those things change. Absolutely. Feelings change. That's right. What you believe changes. Uh, what you experience changes. But God's word is unchanging. Hmm. And so we need to filter it according to God's word. Love it. Love it. What was number two then? So number two is how can a young man keep his way pure or how can I be a godly success? Mm -hmm. Go all in with Jesus. Here's what the psalmist writes. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. This is the idea of going all in with Jesus. He says my whole heart. It's the idea in the Hebrew of the entirety of self. In other words, not holding anything back, not leaving anything in reserve. So you decide that you're going to go all in with Jesus. The illustration I used with our seniors was I'm not much of a poker player, but I know uh, how the game works. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know there's a, a phrase called all in. That's right. When you <laughs> get the win cards win. that you think are your best chances to win, that's right. then you declare by two words that you're going to risk everything that you have. You say, yeah. I'm all in. And you yeah. push all your chips into the middle of the table, believing your hand to be the best. Yeah. Well, when you have Jesus, there is no better hand. There is nothing better that God in his sovereignty has ever dealt you than his grace given by his son. Mm. And so what else would you want to push in than with Jesus, declaring yourself to be all in with him? And the psalmist says specifically, with my whole heart, I seek you. In yeah. other words, his idea is I'm not holding anything back. I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm shoving everything into the middle because I'm betting my life on him. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So Very how can good. I be a godly success and go all in with Jesus? Number three, how can I be a godly success? Study and learn God's word. Specifically, the psalmist writes in verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm. So study and learn. It's a little bit like what you were saying you challenged the students with, Dan. It's not just the idea of having someone tell you what God's word says, but it's the idea of discovering for yourself what his word says. And so it's the study of the truth of the scriptures, and it's then the commitment to learning that, that you want to be a lifelong learner, that you want to continue to mine for yourself the truth, the nuggets of uh, uh, God's grace that are found throughout the scriptures from beginning to end. The, the Bible says about the Bible, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, it pierces the division of soul and spirit, separating joint from marrow. This is an ongoing work of God that is done through his word. And when we're a student of it, the more you study God's word, the more God's word will study you. Amen. And so how can I be a godly success by being committed to studying and learning God's word? Yeah. The first time I actually heard that was when I was probably in seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade, Stuart Briscoe. 
uh, was a pastor at Elmbrook, and he said, uh, um, the Bible is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really get it and understand yeah. it until I got older, and then I realized um, I can read through Scripture, and it's not it's not the same information delivered in the same way when I'm at a different place in life. It mm-hmm. seems like it's like, well, I've read that story before, but it's it seems like it's different now. And it's like it's well, it's not different. You're you're understanding it differently because you're walking into it in a different phase of life, right? Yeah. God's communicating to you. It's almost like He's reading your mail and then kind of giving you a passage and saying, "Hey, as you read this." I'm talking about the things that are on your heart at that particular time, and it's fascinating. Absolutely, Just, it's, a, it's a. Somebody said it's a. You know, the Bible is both a window to see the world and a mirror to see yourself. Yeah, and you're like, you know, I like the window to see the world part, but the mirror part is, is well, super that's, convicting. That's what the half brother Jesus James says. He says uh, uh, the word of God is like a mirror, and mm-hmm. a man who looks intently at it and does nothing about what it reveals, you know, is yeah. lost. And yeah. so um, I. I I just taught the North Campus a couple of weeks ago from John chapter 6, and it's the famous story of Jesus walking on the water. Mm. I've read that story since I was a little boy. I can remember my parents and Bible study teachers teaching me from the earliest of age, and God revealed something brand new to me uh, from that story uh, just in my study in preparation to preach it uh, to the North Campus a few weeks ago. So uh, study and learn God's Word. And number four, Mm -hmm. how can I be a godly success? Uh, Stay teachable. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I sometimes substitute coachable um, mm-hmm. because I used to play ball. So stay teachable. Specifically in verse 12, the psalmist says, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. Um, I think the more we uh, recognize that we haven't figured everything out, yeah. and the more uh, coachable we remain, the more teachable our heart and the posture of our heart uh, is then uh, uh, the more discerning we're going to be about the thing God wants us so desperately to, to know. And um, I, I, my, I can't remember who said it to me first, but somebody said a long time ago that if you're the smartest person in every room you've walked in, you're walking in all the wrong rooms. Yeah. And, and so we need to be around people and around things that constantly teach and instruct us and then maintain the posture of our hearts in such a way with humility that we can receive the instruction when it's there. Yeah. You know, it is a fascinating age. You said you were talking to seniors. So they're about 17, 18 years old. And it's interesting in the brain development of a 17, 18 year old, um, it really is um, a time for exploration um, that, you know, they really should be thinking about asking big questions of life, uh, looking at, you know, what, what is it? Um, unfortunately, a lot of them feel like they know everything, mm. right? And, and you're just, you're at the, you know, just kind of the tip of the iceberg of life, you know, N- now is the time to be wrestling with things, meeting with people, asking ideas, you know, and, and it's, it's funny how it's like, you know, well, you need to pick a major and you need to, you know, it's like we, we isolate them and insulate them and kind of narrow them down in the focus of what they should be learning. When in reality, it's like, listen, the whole world is your oyster. Ask what God wants you to do and go out there. And and so, you know, the whole idea of remain teachable, remain coachable. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, ask a lot of questions, right? When you go to scripture, ask questions. Don't just read, right? To to just read and check it off, right? Read to learn something and say, okay, God, what do you want to teach me? I'm going to open up the word of God. If If the God of the universe wants to communicate to me, let let's hear it. Yeah. What do, what do you have for me? And yeah. you and you go there with you know an open heart, an open mind, open eyes, uh, you know a, a pen and a piece of paper, <laughs> and say, teach me something. And, yeah. you, and do you think the right the God of the universe who sent His Son and the, the job that He specifically had? We talked about how you know He grew up, uh, you know, in a, in a man's house who was in like a woodworker or something. It's like okay, well His job was a teacher. 
because his disciples called him rabbi. Right. And so that's what he loves to do. He, he loves to tell you more about himself, and he loves to tell you more about yourself. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a great reminder to our young people, right? Remain teachable. Ask questions. Yeah. Be curious. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I was uh, in my Bible reading um, a, a few days ago. I was in Kings, and Solomon has the opportunity as he inherits the throne to ask God for anything. And he doesn't ask for riches and he doesn't ask for fame and he doesn't ask for, uh, conquered lands. He asked for wisdom yeah. and it pleased God. And and so God gave it to him. And then subsequently Solomon gives to us his book of Proverbs. Mm. And as you start reading the Proverbs, what it says over and over and over again is wisdom is available. If you'll pay attention to, yeah. to look for it, yeah. it's available. It calls out from the streets. Uh, it's available in the creation. And, and so you just need to pay attention. And if you'll be a learner, and stay teachable, then you can learn and and you'll be wise. Amen to that. Yeah. So how can a young man uh, be a godly success? How can he keep his way pure? Number five is to speak God's truth. Mm. This comes from verse 13. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Um, There's a lot of things we can say. And there's a lot of things um, we feel like we want to say. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of things that we do say. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to what we do say, right. uh, we need to be people who declare truth yeah. according to God's word. Yeah. And um, I think the most dangerous um, uh, statement uh, for a person who's trying to articulate a faith position is, I just think that. Mm. I think the safest statement is, I, uh, God's word says that. Yeah. And, um, and so we need to be confident in declaring God's truth. Currently, uh, all these parents that are listening to this podcast are navigating a world where our kids are being inundated with new ideologies mm-hmm. regarding gender, regarding human sexuality, w- regarding God's design and ordering a family. And so if, if we're defending a position or a conviction and we begin so by saying, well, I just think that mm-hmm. – uh, we run the risk of uh, uh, running our our, uh, our conversation off course, but but when in love, we will say, "Well, you know, God's word says that we 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 have something concrete that yeah. we can stand upon, a firm foundation, and so we need to be committed. How can I be a godly success uh, by speaking God's truth? I love it. Ooh, that's good. Powerful. Uh, number uh, six. Mm. How can I be a godly success? Find your greatest joy in Jesus. Mm. Verse 14 says, in the way of your testimonies, I delight, what a great word, as much as in all riches. Uh, What a comparison the psalmist used here to say that this idea of delight or um, this idea of explosive joy, that's kind of the Hebrew word for delight is this idea of a kind of an explosive joy um, is is, uh, in, in, in your commandments, in your statutes, in you, God. And it's greater than any riches I could find in and of myself. And, and, and so if we'll find our greatest joy in Jesus and in all the ways that he reveals himself to us, first in his word, then through his creation, then by his people, um, then we will recognize that that, that joy is something that is transcendent. Yeah. In other words, it's not circumstantial. Yeah. Right, it's not something that can be taken from you, which is why you and I have have, have seen enough and and been around enough, Dan, that we've walked into hospital rooms and the living rooms, and and we've seen people that are in very difficult, dark moments of their life, and yet there just seems to remain a joy. Yeah. 
Well, that joy is found in the person of Jesus. And there's a lot of ways in which we can discover that, again, in his word and in his creation and with his people. And uh, and so that's a transcendent, non-circumstantial joy. And I, I think the scriptures are clear here that we can be a godly success when we find our greatest joy, not in riches, not in things, not in relationships, but in Jesus. Yeah. And we've been around long enough to know that uh, the delight we watch people find in things that are temporary really don't last. Yeah. Uh, the momentary things, right? I won the state championship. Right? Yeah. My, you know, my team won. It's like, that, that's fantastic. That's great. Um, but next year they're going to lose. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to go to the depths, right, or to the heights based on something that really is not that significant. So I, I love how you're saying, right, the true joy, the, the essence of the meaning of my life is based on something um, that isn't t- temporary um, and isn't based on something that, that isn't beyond my control, yeah. right? When, I, when it says, you know, I define my delight in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. He's the solid rock. Yeah. He, he's not a team that, you know, hey, my favorite player got hurt and all of a sudden we're out of the championship. Oh, well, you know, there goes my joy. Yeah. It's like, no, Christ is the rock. He's not going anywhere. He's the yeah. same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. So your your delight is based on something, right, that will always come through and always be victorious. Yeah. That's why Jesus said to Matthew 11, come to me when you're weary and heavy burdened, mm-hmm. and you'll find rest. And he doesn't say for your body. He doesn't even say for your mind. He says for your soul. Yeah. Because, again, Jesus is the anchor that's uh, un- unwavering, mm-hmm. you know, and so he, so he gives soul rest. Yep. And because there's going to be a lot of things that are going to make you physically and emotionally exhausted. But Jesus is the rest for the soul. Mm. So find your greatest joy in him. Awesome. All right. uh, Number seven, how can I be a godly success? Give your thought life to God. Give your thought life to God. Verse 15 of Psalm 119 uh, says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Meditate on your precepts. You know, meditation is... Um, something that doesn't get talked about a lot, That's at least right. certainly. One in, of the great spiritual disciplines. In Baptist we, circles, yeah, it makes us Meditation nervous. and memorization, yeah. right? Chew, chewing on the cud and just kind of letting it roll over yeah, in your mind. Two very important disciplines, yeah. but for whatever reason, make us nervous, and so we don't talk about it a lot. Uh, well, can, can I tell you? I think, yeah. I think sometimes I see within the body of Christ them being misused. Um, yeah, I think you're th- right. Them being kind of a, a yardstick by which we compare people as opposed to just nourishment for your soul. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, I throw out that verse um, and I, I don't, it doesn't mean anything other than I want you to be impressed with me. Yeah. And it's just like, that's not what meditation and memorization are all about. Yeah. Right. It's, it's for you to take it in and for God to allow it to go deeper in your soul. Now, if you want to take that and apply it to a situation and you want to give a verse to somebody and you want to quote something, right? But it's not its not about, hey, look at me, what I can do. Yeah. It's the, hey, here's what I've been wrestling with. Here's what I've been feeding on. And now it applies to the situation in which I put. So I just got back from Colorado from a week of family camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got up one morning and, and exercised early in the morning. And, and it was nice and crisp and cool. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I got uh, to, to watch the sun rise over mm-hmm. the mountains. And I've gotten to do that a few times. And, um, the mountains are where the Bales family finds refreshment. It's Love just it. wonderful for yeah. us. And, uh, the Bible says in the Psalms, uh, all the heavens declare the glories of God and the skies above proclaim the work of his hands. I've said that to my kids. I've taught <laughs> it to our church over and over and over again. Yeah. And yet meditating on it, just thinking about that, Allowing my thought life in that moment when I was up early and I was able to appreciate the goodness of God and his creation and the fact that 
I had all five of my babies with us, and mm-hmm. my wife and I have this wonderful marriage, and God has blessed us with this incredible family, and we have this unbelievable community. And it was just a moment to meditate on the goodness of God, yeah. and uh, and I was able to give my thought life uh, to Him. Now, of course, I finished up exercising, went back to the cabin, and was immediately separating kids from one another <laughs> and having to go back to normal life, right? <laughs> but at least for a moment, yeah. uh, uh, I was able to, to give my thought life to God. And, and there's so many things that are going to want to uh, control your, your thoughts and mine. Yeah. Certainly our circumstances, obviously our emotion. I had a good friend of mine who used to speak about the, the, thought, the, the, the thoughts that sometimes creep into our minds. She used to talk about them in terms of a bus stop. And she said, your mind is like a bus stop, and, uh, and all these thoughts are going to come uh, uh, up, and, uh, and you can decide whether or not you're going to get on and That's ride right. it around. That's right. But you can't necessarily control which ones pull up to the stop. And, and, and so as it relates to trying to think through my bus stop, I want to give my thought life over to God. And when my thought life is given to God, when I meditate on His truth, His goodness, His grace, and the evidences of that in my life, then I think the routes in which mm. my mind tends to take are, are healthier and, um, and I can be a godly success. Yeah, I love it. All right, last one. Last one. How can I be a godly success? Number eight says, uh, I wrote down, just define genuine joy and seek after it, and don't forget it when you get there. Mm. Here's how the psalmist ends. He says, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Yeah. Again, there's that great word for delight, the idea of explosive joy. I will delight in your statutes. So I won't delight in my accomplishments. I won't delight in my good feelings. I won't delight in the opinion of other people, but I'm going to delight in you. So I'm going to define where my genuine joy comes from. And it comes from the person and work of Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to seek after it. And so I will delight in your statutes. And then I'm not going to forget it when I get there. Yeah. So that when I have these uh, moments, these seasons where I recognize that God's goodness is evident in my life, um, uh, then I'm going to remember that he's the source of that. And that I think the natural inclination for all of us is that at times when things are going really well and when we might be walking in the favor of God, yeah. it's it's easy to forget that yeah. he's the source of That's it. That's right. Right. And it isn't until we find ourselves in a storm uh, or in a season of suffering when we're having to be called back to that mm. remembrance. But I think the psalmist says, how can I be a godly success is find the source of our delight, seek after it, and then not forget that it's Jesus when we get there and recognize that all good things are, are gifts that come from him. Man, that is that is a gem. I, I mean, that's just that's gold nugget stuff right there. Uh, I'm glad you got to share that with the seniors, right? Those nine graduating seniors as they went off into the world, because yep. that's going to be stuff that's going to be really valuable to them. Um, but uh, thank you for taking some time to share it with our parents um, who can go back and share it with the rest of their kids, whether they're first, second, third grade, doesn't really matter where they are. Um, there's the word of God as it comes alive. And as you, um, through your time and your study, right, can help us understand it in a way that we can apply it to our lives. Um, that's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting again thinking, you know, I've read these verses, you know, dozens and dozens yeah, of times, sure. whatever, and gone, hey, I never got that out of it. So, yeah. Connor, thank you so much. Yeah, for I appreciate time. it. Thanks so much, Dan. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.